Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, apparently the Lakers see three paths forward for improving this team. I will offer them up and then break them down. Jovan Buha of The Athletic outlined the three paths, quote, Path one is to trade Russell Westbrook plus a pick or two for a star or a multiplayer haul. Path two is to trade some combination of Patrick Beverly, Kendrick Nunn, and picks, one first round and or multiple second round picks, for role players who better address needs and upgrade the rotation. And then path three would be two separate deals, one with Westbrook plus first round pick and using Beverly Nunn and a pick in a different package, end quote. I would also add there is a fourth path here, but it doesn't seem very, very realistic uh, that the Lakers could just do nothing. It, it seems pretty unlikely that the Lakers are just going to do nothing, um, at, you know, over the course of the entirety of the season. But look, we thought that about last year and they didn't wind up really doing anything to address the team at the deadline. And as I just wrote, and I'm, I'm going to read here in a bit, uh, the Lakers have kicked the can on this quite a quite a ways down the road. So it would lead one to believe that maybe, yeah, they would prefer inaction here. Now let's talk about the options. I'm going to start with path one. Again, that is to trade Russell Westbrook plus a pick or two for a star or a multiplayer haul. This is the riskiest one, but I think it has the highest payoff. Uh, Yes. Using both of your picks, both of the, the 27 and the 29 picks in the one deal does mean that you are all in on whoever it is uh, you're bringing in. But it also means that whoever you're bringing in has the highest upside. They are worthy of two picks, whereas in the other scenarios, uh, you are only accessing players worthy of one first-round pick or, in some cases, a combination of second-round picks. So this roster, I think, needs quite a bit of help. I don't think I I personally wouldn't pursue a third star. I think there's they they need more than just the one star and certainly more than just the one star that they would be able to get for two picks and Russell Westbrook's expiring. So me personally, I would try to use those two picks and Russell Westbrook's salary to bring in as many uh role players and 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 steady NBA players you can possibly bring back uh, and 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 yeah it's risky but that's the path that I would take path number 2 is to trade some combination of Patrick Beverly, Kendrick Nunn and picks, one first rounder and or multiple second for uh round picks for role players who better address needs and upgrade the rotation. So essentially the combination of these last two paths here implies that Rob wants three max contracts on the books, no matter what, whether that's Russ, LeBron, and AD, or uh, the star that they bring in, in trading Russ. But they, what they don't want to do is break Russell uh, Russell Westbrook's contract into a collection of role player contracts. I disagree with the, 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 the idea But if you combine path one being trading Russell Westbrook plus a pick or two for a star or multiplayer hall, they have access to multiplayer halls that they have they have turned down. Um, And we know that Rob is infatuated by star power or the idea of star power. 
And then path number two is to trade some combination of Pat and Nunn in picks, uh, one first rounder or multiple and or multiple second round picks for role players who better address the needs and upgrade the rotation. That's something you could do with Russ and those two picks, but they appear not interested in that path right now. And finally, path three would be two separate deals, one with Westbrook plus one first round pick and another using Beverly Nunn and a pick package. Uh, I think after one, three is the, the, the uh, one, I think it's the likeliest scenario. And two, I think after one, it's their next best idea. Path number two, I think is just kind of moving chairs around the deck of the Titanic. Uh, path number three, moving everything, all expiring contracts and your picks in order to fix this roster. Uh, that sounds good to me. Now, again, you're moving all expiring contracts and both of those picks. So it comes with more risk attached to it, but not quite as much risk as you would have attached to uh, option number one, where all of that goes into acquiring a star. So I guess we'll kind of wait and see uh, which path that they take here. As Dave McMenamin said on a pod um, earlier yesterday, he doesn't foresee a situation where the Lakers just stand pat. That's what we said all last year, but it's at least worth noting. All of that, I think, does tie quite well back to a piece that I wrote for Silver Screen and Roll before yesterday's game. Has the Lakers front office actually come to a conclusion about the LeBron James-Anthony Davis era? Dating back to last season's trade deadline, the Lakers have actually been sending a pretty clear message to those paying close enough attention. The days of LeBron James and Anthony Davis being the driving force of a championship roster are behind us. We may not have wanted to hear it and thus paid attention to the bright neon sign that read, we swear we're trying to compete because that was a nicer reality. Thing is, we don't choose reality. So even while leaks came from the organization about how they needed more data to see just what the team was capable of or how they were just waiting for the right deal to come along, the depressing, suffocating reality is that they just don't believe in this core any longer. Agree or disagree all you want, but as our parents told us as children, actions speak louder than leaks. I mean, words. I mean, really. We honestly thought that Kendrick Nunn and an ancient Trevor Ariza could somehow turn around things for last year's team, and now they're trying to sell that now, but with Cole Swider? Come on. After last year's trade deadline, the message was, well, wait for the summer. We'll have another pick to work with. Russell Westbrook's contract will be expiring. Did we mention Kendrick Nunn might be healthy? This offseason, even as they filled out the rest of the roster with the Westbrook trade in mind, hence the 53 other small people on the team, we were told to wait. The deal would get better once the season starts and teams fire up their tanks for Victor Wembanyama. 20 games, they told us. Well, we're 20 games in as of Wednesday night. Guess what the message is now? Well, technically, there's no way to know about a team to make a move until mid-December. And tucked away in Dave McMenamin's reporting, it was a not-so-subtle mention of the post-holiday trade season everyone seemingly knows about. I don't know about that one. And surely, that will give way until waiting until the trade deadline. Shit, we've already seen some framing from insiders on how they'll have a whole nother first-rounder to pick play with on draft night. Hell, they've had their chances. There was that weekend where it looked like Kyrie Irving might be a Laker. 
We've heard endlessly about a trade that reportedly got to the one-yard line for Buddy Heald and Miles Turner. Talks got close between them and the Utah Jazz for a trade involving Bojan Bogdanovich, Mike Conley, and Rudy Gay. In all cases, it was the Lakers pulling out for one reason or another. The actual reason, however, it was not something we wanted to actually consider. And so it'll continue. Like a child not wanting their vegetables, they'll keep smooshing food around the plate to try to trick their parents into thinking they've eaten enough to get get up from the table. Yeah, Avery, I'm on to your shit. Problem is, I just don't think the Lakers recognize what getting up from this table means here. Yes, Jeannie Buss has experienced the Lakers somehow Lakersing themselves from star to star, but it took nearly a decade before 34-year-old LeBron came to the rescue and a year after that to bring Anthony Davis in. Them punting on any final chance James has at his fifth championship probably won't sit very well with Clutch, and stars around the league are probably paying close attention to how this is playing out. If they aren't willing to sacrifice a couple picks half a decade from now for the greatest player of the generation and basically the perfect co-star, will some other star believe they'll do what it takes to win with him? And for how long? But hey, maybe that magical trade will come along that fixes everything. Perhaps the Lakers' patience will actually have been for a purpose and not some grand cynical plot to sell jerseys and tickets and maintain enough decent enough ratings at a mere chance at another giant TV rights contract while fans watch a shit product the front office knows is shit but won't fix. The Lakers will surely tell you all about the names they're waiting for, whether it's DeMar DeRozan, Bradley Beal, Damian Lillard, Chris Paul, or any of the other saviors we know deep down aren't available for a bad, albeit expiring, contract and two first-rounders. Each mention of those names might be enough to distract from the actual message we probably should be listening more closely to. Rob Palenka, Jeannie Buss, and that entire inner circle doesn't believe in the pair of stars who just two seasons ago won them a championship. They've told us as clearly as we could have hoped for if we'd only paid attention. Now the question becomes, who on God's green earth could possibly believe in them? All right. That's going to do it here for this episode of the Lakers Lowdown Podcast. Make sure you check out uh, both on YouTube, on Twitter, on Facebook, and then on this very feed, the Lakers Lounge from yesterday or last night, uh, in which Aaron, Jacob, and myself, we all discussed this very topic um, and, and also touched on the Matt Ryan situation and some of the stuff that went into that. Uh, and then, yeah, we have this. We have a game tomorrow night, and we have a hook tomorrow as well. So until then... Until I talk to you guys next, I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a good one.